Had a big success with X plus one and a big exit in 2014 to rocket fuel for 230 million bucks. Uh, was was seduced by the flash talking founders, invested his own money in the business, decided to join after TA Associates purchased 60% of the company. Uh, the company's obviously now growing drastically. They use many different dimension, dimensions like weather at the moment, are they a current customer, basically 14 to 15 core data points to figure out what, to, what ad to show once the ad is bought. They make money on a CPM model, about 20 cent CPMs, 40 clients. Clients make up over 80% of the revenue. It's all the big guys, Walmart, those kinds of guys, serving 15 to 40 billion impressions per month, depending on the season. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Many of you listening right now don't have time to listen to every B2B SaaS CEO that I've interviewed. If you wanna get access to the database I've created with year-over-year -year growth rates, customer counts, margins, and many, many other data metrics and data points, you can go to getlatka.com. Here's the thing though, this that database, I keep it to myself, it's so freaking valuable. And to preserve the quality of the data and make sure that the people that have access to it have a true advantage, I'm only letting 10 companies on each month. So we're full this month, but you can go to getlatka.com to get on the waiting list for next month. And look, there's big people on the waiting list. I mean, the biggest VCs you've ever heard of. You've probably heard of them. They're big, private equity, billions and billions under management. So it's an impressive waiting list. Go get on now at getlatka.com. Hello everyone, my guest today is John Nardone. He's the CEO of Flash Talking, a first-generation ad tech pioneer. He served as a founding board member of the Internet Advertising Bureau. He's known for his groundbreaking work at Pepsi, modern media and marketing management analytics, culminating in his receiving the Ad Tech Industry Achievement Award in 2012. As CEO at X Plus One, he helped transform that business into a top-rated data management platform, or DMP. Rocket Fuel acquired the company for $230 million, in 2014. John, are you ready to take us to the top? Sure, you bet. So are you married? I am. So your wife is going, John, this is a great exit back in 2014. Take a, take six months of vacation and you just, you couldn't resist. You had to get back in the game, huh? I, well, you know, um, Flash Talking was a partner at X Plus One that, that we worked with and pretty much days after the acquisition was announced, the, the call came uh, asking if I would be available to come to Flash Talking and uh, of course I said no. But they called back six weeks later, and then six weeks after that, and eventually I said yes. <laughs> <laughs> what was the tipping point? Um, you know, early in my career, um, particularly at Motive Media at the agency, um, I was focused on both the media as well as the creative development. Um, and then my career kind of took a turn with MMA where I got really into the hardcore analytics. And, and X plus one was a continuation of the analytics and modeling. Um, and, and I really missed the creative part of the job. And flash talking um, was an opportunity to stay in ad tech, still be analytically focused, but bring that creative element back to it. And it just seemed like it would be really fun. What's, what year did you join Flash Talking? Uh, in uh, April of 2015. Okay, so 2015, so about a year after the acquisition. And what stage of, of kind of life were they at? Like how many employees, were they bootstrapped or self-funded or raised capital? So 
Yeah, so so flash talking has been around since 2000, and it was bootstrapped by the founders. So um, it's a really interesting story. A uh, company was founded in the UK in 2000, so it's a, a pre-bubble internet company. Never took outside capital. Uh, the founders built the company from the ground up, funded it out of their own pockets, and then uh, sold a 60% stake in the company to TA Associates. To what Associates? TA Associates. Ah, uh, yeah. A big private equity firm. Yep. Um, so that was in 2013. And um, the company came to the U.S. in late 2010 um, and first entered the U.S. So really 2011 was the first real year in business here in the U.S. And within a very short period of time from 2011 to 2014, the U.S. business grew to eclipse the total of all of the European business. And um, at that point, uh, TA decided that they wanted the U.S.-based uh, CEO uh, to lead the company forward from that point. Um, so. and, and you cut out right when you said how much they purchased. You said they had purchased 60% of the company? That's right. Okay. So did they then, did you joining the company, uh, was that part of an additional in, influx of cash from them or was it strategic? No, no, no influx of cash at all. All that money went to the founders. So um, there's no outside capital in flash talking. Interesting. Completely self-funded. So I have CEOs all the time on the show that are kind of, they're the ones that were in the dorm room, got the thing launched, and they've now passed 10 million in ARR. And they're going, how do I get a guy like John? He just sold, money's not going to work because he's already wealthy. He just sold his company. Like, is it a vision play? How do I get him? What was it for you? How, the, how do they get you? It's very much the vision thing, Nathan. Um, I, I, I truly love the business of marketing. Um, and every at every point in my career, I've been lucky enough to do something because it excited me, not because I needed a job or I wanted it. it at every point, it's been about innovation in the field and being able to sort of push the boundaries of what marketers are doing. And I think the, the we're at this point where we have to remake the whole process of how advertising is created to be able to take advantage of data, not for the buying of media, which programmatic has sort of already accomplished, mm -hmm. but for the purpose of driving what's that one-to-one -one communication with the customer and how do we connect with the user based on what we say. Um, and, and so I, I think we're on the cusp of, uh, of the next great evolution of marketing, and I wanted to be a part of it. So, how, I mean, if you don't mind me asking, how do they incentivize you? I mean, is it a big chunk of equity? I mean, do you have a meaningful amount of equity in the company or? Um, some equity. I wouldn't say it's a, a hugely meaningful amount. And, and frankly, I put some of my own money into the company. Oh, got it. Okay, good. I mean, like an investor, you basically bought a chunk of yeah. the company? Yeah. yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, walk me through the business. So what does it do? As best you can, can I describe what it does uh, and how you make money? What's your revenue model? Sure. So um, what we do is use data in real time to personalize the communication to each consumer. So in a very simple example, um, you go to a retailer's website, you look at a bunch of products, and then those products follow you around in the ads that you see on the internet uh, after that. That sort of um, often called retargeting. Um, and I would call that sort of creative targeting 101 or, or version 1.0. We 
take it to a to very complicated decision models where we can use things like what the weather is, where the consumer is at the moment, what demographic profiles do they have, whether they've been to the website or not, whether they're a current customer. There's uh, about 14 or 15 different data dimensions that can define exactly what product or what offer we show you at a given moment. And tell me about the form factor. Are this, is this on a mobile device this is happening or on a website or an in-store visit or what? Um, so so it, it's in digital advertising, but that can be in video. It could be a standard desktop. It could be mobile phones. It could be rich media. It could be OTT um, uh, on television. Um, and, and we deliver across all of those. And so give me a real example here. Um, I, what, what's, what's a client that you can disclose? I can talk about all of our clients. It's, okay, name uh, one you're most proud of. Walmart. Okay. Walmart. So I just visited Walmart's website. I was looking at the new bath towel kind of rug product page because I need one for my bathroom. Uh, yeah. I'm now, you know, driving by a Walmart on my way to Target because I think I like their bath things more. Walmart targets me on my phone. Walk me through the actual economics. It's a dollar to hit me on my on my phone via push notification. How does it work? Well, so, so we're not in the business of the ad buying. Some okay. other entity is making the decision to buy the ad. We're in the business of taking it. Once the ad is bought, is saying, okay, where's Nathan? What do we know about him? What message, what offer, what product do we put in front of him right now? Recognizing that you're on a phone, you're out of your home. Um, so that tells us something right there that's very, very important in terms of how we structure the message. So... Um, one of the things that we go through and we help clients understand is that, can, can I take a step back yes. maybe a little bit? Okay. From, from the Mad Men days, we've developed ads assuming that people are sitting on their couch, leaning back, concentrating on the content in front of them that houses the ads. That rarely is the case anymore. The advent of the smartphone in 2007, yeah, uh, the introduction of the iPhone and then the, the, the tablet has fundamentally changed the way we as consumers consume content and the advertising that's in it. Because according to our um, analytics, only about 18% of digital ads are delivered to consumers in that lean back at home position. Eight, more than 80% of the time, you're multitasking, you're in multi-screen behavior, you're mobile outside of your home, trying to get tasks accomplished. And that means your attention, in terms of what you're gonna pay attention to and how your brain processes that information is vastly different than when you're in a lean back posture, singularly focused on one stream of content. So we have to be mindful of the form factor, you're seeing the ad on the phone. You're out of your home, you're task oriented. So in that context, we've got to be extremely relevant to what you're trying to accomplish. Do you have location data? We, we, we have location data, yes. Um, so all of those things factor into whether we show you a branding ad, a specific product ad, a price off coupon ad, et cetera, in order to connect with you, have it be noticed and have you want to act on that ad. Now we you say when we ad. show you, but you're not buying the ad, correct? That's correct. We're not buying the ad. We're making the decision of how to communicate with that customer once the ad has been purchased. Got it. Got it. And then, okay, so walk me through your revenue model. Is this a pure SaaS play or is there a market like you're taking a percentage of spend somehow too? 
you know, it's a CPM model. So okay. uh, based on the amount of, of uh, complexity of the data that you're using for the targeting, it's an incremental CPM charge on your ad survey. Okay. Can you can you give me an example of that? So, you know, CPM guys, obviously, is cost per thousand impressions. So, so how, yes. I mean, how does that work? So um, we may have a targeting model that utilizes weather, DMP data, uh, location data, and the store's uh, 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 loyalty data, okay. for example. So three so dimensions. Four data elements, three, four dimensions, pick your number. Um, and then based on a volume discount, Walmart's a really large com company. They get good volume discounts. You might be paying 20 cents per thousand for the delivery of those dynamic creative ads. Now, but is that now going to you or is it going to the thing it's being published on or you're taking a percentage of the 20 cents? No, no, that, that comes to us. The the media buying fee for the placement goes from whoever the agency or the DSP who's conducting the media buy to the publisher. I see. Interesting. Okay, so so, so it's, a, it's a pure tech fee. Yep, makes good sense. Makes good sense. Um, interesting. So I imagine you're working with some pretty complex data sets. Then now you mentioned in the press release when Rocket Fuel acquired X plus one. This was back in 2014. You were already talking about artificial intelligence. It was very interesting. My research team brought this up. Um, you're, I assume you're building this into your model. A lot of people stick artificial intelligence and machine learning on the front page of their PowerPoint deck, and it's actually not really real. How, how are you really using AI? We are not really using AI today. Okay. So we're going to have our first generation of machine learning uh, coming out at the end of this year. Um, but to this point, Flash Talking has been very focused on heuristic-based targeting and allowing customers to have a lot of control and to execute their, their targeting strategies based on their, their heuristics. So I know that if it's raining out on the gap and I know it's raining out where the customer is, I know I want to show products from the outdoor catalog. And I want to show sunglasses when it's raining out. I don't need machine learning to tell me that that's the right way to think about my targeting. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of circumstances though where machine learning is very, very helpful, um, particularly when you're doing pure performance-based marketers who are only interested in a pure performance metric and are not as interested about branding or long-term customer value development. Um, so there, there's a place for both the heuristics-based targeting as well as machine learning targeting. And give me a sense of kind of scale you're at today. So how many customers are you working with? Um, there's a long customer list. Um, I would say that there's about 40 clients that account for 80% of the revenue. <laughs> um, and those are people like Walmart and American Express and Verizon and AT&T. Um, we, we tend to really focus on the big global advertisers, both in the US as well as in Europe. Um, where in Europe, where it's uh, British Telecom and British Airways and O2, which is uh, and Vodafone, which are the two largest telcos in the UK. Um, so those are the kinds of clients that we we focus on, not just for their size, but for their sophistication. Um, Flash Talk is a platform that's really built to meet the needs of the most sophisticated marketers who are looking to create competitive advantage by deploying their data in a very, very smart way. Smaller clients don't either have the data assets uh, or the, the sophistication generally to, to take advantage of what we do. And in any given month, how many impressions are you, are you delivering or what's, like, what's the volume number you care about most? 
Oh boy, and you know, it, it, it's very seasonal. So as you can imagine in fourth quarter when our big retail clients are spending for the holidays, the numbers get really, really large. Um, so we probably range anywhere from 15 billion to 40 billion a month depending on the time of the year. That's it. So 15 billion to 40 billion impressions per month, depending on the uh, time of the year. That's right. That's fascinating. And is that, I mean, is that your key? I mean, as a CEO, you're looking at kind of key growth metrics. I mean, that's one of your key ones, correct? Well, well certainly we pay attention to impression volume a lot, but to be really honest, um, what I'm more focused on is the long-term progression of the clients in terms of their ability to use the data successfully. A lot of what drives that impression volume is helping to move the client and their agency's internal processes so that they're capable of executing more efficiently and using the data. As I said, the Mad Men sort of model of advertising needs to change to take advantage of this data and clients and agencies are just learning how to do that it's the very early days of this sort of data-driven creative model and so what we found is education testing um, running lots of uh, interesting pilots um, and doing a lot of sort of hand-in-hand -hand working with the clients and agencies is what gets them using the data, having success, learning what works, and that ultimately drives the um, impression volume. So we try to build 18-month learning programs for all of our clients, if you will, roadmaps, where we're helping them explore and get experience with the different ways that the data can drive their messaging and their success metrics. Last few questions before we wrap up here with the famous five. What are you guys at today in terms of team size? Which team? You mean overall? Flash overall, hockey? yeah. Uh, well, just your just your team. You're only U.S. based. You you only focus on U.S. right? Um, no, no, we're global. So we have offices in Germany. No, but UK you there. specifically. I run the whole company. Got it. I thought you said earlier that TA brought you in because they they realized they needed a U.S. CEO. But when you said that, you, you CEO of the whole company. CEO of the whole company, but the U.S. obviously has become the key dominant market. Yes, give me the give me the full number, the big one. Um, we're 280 employees globally. Okay, got it. And have you raised any additional outside capital besides the you know the TA buyout? Nope. That's great. No, so company. profitable? Yes, the company's been profitable since day one, and that's why there's never been a penny of outside capital in the flash talking. It's been profitable every day of its existence. Many of you know I am buying companies that I really, really like, and there's no quicker way for me to get to the bottom of what is happening on that website than using this tool called NathanMaka.com forward slash hot jar, H-O-T-J-A-R. It basically will give me a recording, okay? When anybody lands on the website, it'll give me a recording of where the viewer is scrolling, and obviously it does the basic stuff like heat maps too, but I learn so much about where the users are scrolling and clicking on my site using that tool it helps me increase conversion rates make more money and grow those businesses faster and we'll have to see what happens with those businesses but i'm buying them i'm buying them very quick and i'm using nathanlaka.com forward slash hot jar for all of my website analytics you can too i work with them it's totally free you can go to nathanlaka.com forward slash hot jar no credit card required again use it as much as you want nathanlaka.com forward slash hot jar i'll see you there that's right here john with the famous Five, number one, what's your favorite business book?
Um, getting Naked uh, by uh, Patrick Lenzioni. That's like a uh, Richard Branson-esque title. That's what I thought you were going to say the author was. <laughs> Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Um, you know, he's, he's passed away, but I'm a huge Steve Jobs fan. Um, I recommend that all my uh, product folks read the Isaacson book. Um, and uh, I follow uh, everything that uh, Apple does. If Apple came to you and offered you $400 million to buy the whole business, would you guys sell? Yes. <laughs> You know what, John? I like you. I like you know most 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 CEOs. They go, well, Nathan. You know, we're not really for sale, and I'd have to strategically think about it. You, yes, done. Yes. <laughs> Number three. What is your favorite online tool? Ah, uh, boy. Um, I gotta say Amazon. Um, you know, I uh, it's Amazon or eBay. Um, I'm a watch collector, and so I spend uh, a ridiculously disproportionate amount of my spare time looking at vintage watches. Oh well. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> um, and a lot of that's on eBay and Amazon. <laughs> what kind of like vintage watches? Um, well, um, manual. I, I, I'm, I'm not as much. Hold into, up. What are you wearing uh, today? Uh, today I'm wearing a Gleeson Airman. Hold it up a little uh, higher. We can't see it. Uh, oh, okay. Airman. So it's a modern redo of the, the watch that was favored by American fighter pilots in Vietnam. Wow. Uh, so, uh, yeah. That's very uh, cool. Okay. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, seven hours. That's good. And what's your situation? Mar obviously, we talked about marriage, but are you is it single? Do you have kids? Um, I'm married. Um, I have four kids. Um, the youngest is 15. My oldest is 22. And my oldest is in the business. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, yeah. That's exciting. Okay, and how old are you? Uh, I'm actually my birthday was this week. I'm 53. Congratulations! Happy birthday to you. Thank All right, you. last question. Take us back 20 or 33 years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Oh wow, 20 years old. Um, you know, I, I have to tell you the truth. I knew in college that I wanted to be in advertising, um, and uh, I've gotten to fulfill really all of my career dreams. I've gotten to do everything I've wanted to do career-wise. Um, if, if I knew anything, I might have kids a little younger. I didn't have my first until I was 30. Um, 31. Um, I might have started having kids a little sooner. There you guys have it from John. He would have, uh, again, had those kids earlier. Had a big success with X plus one and a big exit in 2014 to rocket fuel for 230 million bucks. Uh, was was seduced by the flash talking founders, invested his own money in the business, decided to join after TA Associates purchased 60% of the company. Uh, the company's obviously now growing drastically. They use many different dimension, dimensions like weather at the moment, are they a current customer, basically 14 to 15 core data points points to figure out what to, what ad to show once the ad is bought. They make money on a CPM model, about 20 cent CPMs. 40 clients make up over 80% of the revenue. It's all the big guys, Walmart, those kinds of guys, serving 15 to 40 billion impressions per month, depending on the season. John, thank you for taking us to the top. Uh, thanks very much, Nathan. Nice to talk to you.